1: busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail.
2: Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to our Good News segment. Yeah, today I am so thrilled. Dr. Christy Funk is joining us here today. Breast cancer surgeon. Now look, you've heard me talk about breast cancer, the people in my family, their lives that have been affected. Today, we're going to be talking about how this breast surgeon urges women to reduce their risk of breast cancer through simple lifestyle actions. And for those of us that have had to make these lifestyle changes, here's what I want to say to all of you. It may seem daunting, but it is more than doable. And once you do it, and once you really are able to go out and take one at a time, you will feel better, you will step stronger and you will reduce the risk. Uh, thank you, Dr. Punk, for joining us here today. This is a very refreshing conversation in conjunction with breast cancer, isn't it?
3: It really is, Dr. Pat. I'm so excited to be here with you, to be able to educate your listeners. There's so much you can do to beat breast cancer. And women don't realize that they often think it's in the family or not. It's in the cards or fate or not. And they're kind of just waiting and seeing if it pans out in their life or not. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Only five to 10% of all breast cancer comes from an inherited genetic mutation. People may have heard of BRCA or CHECK2. And then if you look at women who have breast cancer, only only 13% have a single first-degree relative with breast cancer. Almost 90% don't have a first-degree relative. 80% don't have any relatives. So it's a lot more than the genetics. And the answer is you can fight cancer with your fork. It has to do with what you're eating. And in addition to nutrition, some healthy lifestyle behaviors, exercise, alcohol, weight, stress, anxiety, these all play a role in cancer causation and promotion. And you can control these things with your choices. And that's what the Let's Beat BreastCancer.org campaign is all about. So I've teamed up with some major celebs and the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine to bring you the Let's Beat org campaign. It's simple and it's free. You just take a pledge to follow a science-based four-pronged approach to beating breast cancer. And we help you every step of the way with weekly newsletters and an e-cookbook. But the four prongs are to choose plant-based foods, exercise regularly, maintain a healthy weight, and limit alcohol. So I encourage your listeners to take this pledge at letsbeatbreastcancer.org because it will do a lot more than reduce cancer risk. It will make you, as you said, you'll step stronger. You'll feel better. You will reduce all of life's major killers by employing this four-pronged approach, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer's, it all has no choice but to get healthier and better and to even regress from your body and your life.
2: You know, one of the things when I started my healing journey in 2004 was there was very little out there from a science perspective on what you're talking about. The good news for me is I had a great doctor, naturopath, who basically said, don't eat anything white don't eat gluten and for sure not sugar. Now fast forward 16 or how many years later and you're coming to the forefront because we knew ha- we now have evidence of what could help people. Um I love that you're talking about this, but more importantly, I love that you brought up a website and a tool to help people because taking this journey alone, Dr. Christie, is daunting. You know, back in 2004, if it wasn't for my small team, it was lonely. But what you're doing is more than just providing a diet. You're providing a community of people. How important was that to you?
3: So important. There's a study, LACE, Life After Cancer Epidemiology Study. They followed over 2,200 early-stage breast cancer patients for 10.8 years. And those who reported low levels of psychosocial support and a lack of community or religious participation, were 58% more likely to have died in that decade. So what you're speaking about community is so critical. And right now, COVID has us more stressed out and isolated and lonely and depressed and anxious more than ever. So something like let's beat breast brings you into a like-minded community. Another huge resource that you'll love is called Breast Buddies. So at pinklotus.com, Uh, We've got Breast Buddies. There are over 3,000 buddies now. There are 30,000 in the Pink Lotus power-up community. But Breast Buddies pairs a newly diagnosed woman, age for age, stage for stage, treatment for treatment, with someone who's been there, done that, solely for the purposes of support and friendship. And it's entirely free. So I I encourage every breast cancer patient to join Breast Buddies uh, at PinkLotus.com because it provides that community, that love, and that safety that many people lack. Not everybody has a BFF. Not everybody has a family that they yeah. actually like. And everyone can have a breast buddy. So it's a really beautiful community there.
2: Can I ask you a question? I mean, I kn- I know about your work. I know how you've stepped out there. I know that this is something that's more than a conversation for you, Dr. Dr. Funk. I know this. I mean, I've done a little, I've done a little research on you kind of. And so, (laughs) you know, after 16 years of interviewing about 10,000 people, I know one thing. There's a story. There's something that touched your heart to kick you into a high gear to not just say something about this, but do something. What is it? What is it that touched you along the way to becoming Dr. Christie Fong?
3: Wow, what a great question. And really the answer is multifaceted, but it was an inaudible voice that just told me I must do this. And mm. it came to me when I was 19 years old. I was studying at Stanford University and studying for a final. And this thought overtook my thoughts that was simply you're going to be a doctor. And I do believe it was God guiding me that that summer, I spent the whole summer in Kenya, um, actually as a short term missionary, and it was there that I was so touched by the importance of health. Joy is stolen when people are in pain every day, emotional pain, physical pain, the, the vigor of life is just out of people when they yeah. don't have their health. And then when I was in Africa, people were so joyful. And by all yeah. accounts, from a Western point of view, it'd be like, no, you should be miserable. You're living in a dumb hut and you're, you're eating potatoes day in and day out. Like, no, they're joyful because they had, they had health and love and community. And I returned to America really inspired to bring that to the medical, whatever medical journey I would be on. I didn't know at that time, the the vision didn't include like, you're going to become a surgeon and a breast cancer surgeon. But as it evolved, I realized that there's a sacred sisterhood of of breast cancer thrivers out there that I want to unite because no one should be alone and community and love at the end of the day, make life worth living. And short of that, life feels pretty empty and purposeless.
2: Absolutely. Um, And that's why I wanted to ask you the question because the work that you're doing and the people that are doing this work with you have really touched upon something that doesn't get discussed in healing at all. And that is healing from the inside out. And I'm not just talking about cancer. I'm really talking about all the things you mentioned earlier, COVID-19, the stress. But I want to get to something specific, because the first time I heard plant-based diet, to be honest with you, I'm like, what do you want me to eat? My Christmas cactus? But fast <laughs> forward to where we are today. Uh, and by the way, you can't eat cactus, just saying. Um, but let's <laughs> like talk about the value and when the importance of a plant-based diet, because we are not talking about that enough.
3: We are not, because it's little-known science to the common person. Frankly, I went to write my best-selling book, Breast the Owner's Manual, and wanted to talk about what to eat and what not to eat, so I dove into nutritional science, confessions here, for the first time in my entire career. As an MD, you don't get any nutrition in medical school, in residency, in my fellowship. And, and then in my practice, you think, well, pff, I am not going to come home after a long day and dive into some nutrition journal because if it were so important, someone should have said something along the way, right?
1: So now right. I go into
3: the science and I am blown away by the rock solid evidence of not only how powerful plants are at healing and preventing and reversing disease, but contrarily how, how detrimental the cellular response is to animal protein and animal fat. I really didn't understand, I didn't know. And when I started getting these studies, I'm like, wow, MDs would love this because it's actually research-backed. It's science-based. It's not loosey-goosey. It's not in like some green leafy magazine. It's, it's published in The Lancet. It's in the New England Journal of Medicine. These articles just get pushed to the wayside. And what you learn if you dive in there is simply when you chew and swallow a broccoli, floret or some kale, Plant-based chemicals are released into your bloodstream that fly around your whole body, saturating your cells, creating like a little bathtub that soaks around the cell, screaming out anti-cancer, lowering estrogen, lowering growth hormone, lowering inflammation, decreasing free radicals and cell damage. But when you eat beef or cheese, that same bath is happening, but it's the opposite. It's screaming pro-cancer. It's elevating estrogen, elevating acidity, elevating inflammation and all the things that cancer and disease require in order to exist and to proliferate. And that is the power of plants. And it and when you say plants, now people do have a better idea than 16 years ago and wondering about the Christmas cactus. But <laughs> but it's so easy in the grocery store, right? We're just talking fruits yeah. and vegetables beans, peas, lentils, and then you get exploring. You're like, well, what about whole grains? Wow, because all I think about is spaghetti, and uh, I don't know what a whole grain is. But then you look, and it's in your basic market. We're not talking fancy, organic, only expensive markets. You go to your basic market, and you go down the aisle, and you start to look, and you realize there are things like farro, and frica, and like all these grains that are interesting, ancient grains, right? Amaranth, teff. You may not have heard of them, but you just, Put them in boiling water like any other rice. And now you've got your palate exploding with new flavors. Eating plant-based is not boring. And the cell response is so incredible. It transforms you. Your skin is clearer. Your bowel movements are better. You have more energy. You think clearer. It's it's so transformative that you never want to go back.
2: And you don't have to be
3: all in. I'm an all in kind of girl. But hey, just change out some of your foods. Just get more plants on the plate. I'm not saying you've got to totally kick off the fish or the mm-hmm. chicken or the cheese. I would love it if you did, but steps are great. Any steps.
2: Yeah. And this is really part of the things that I love about when I work with women, I ask them to stop one thing. And I say, just let's pick one thing that you're just not going to do. Just one thing you're going to mm-hmm. stop. And then they pick. And I got to tell you nine times out of 10, they pick the hardest thing. It wouldn't be anything I'd uh-huh. pick, but what you've talked about is important. Like when you say a word like amaranth, many people don't know what that is, but that is a grain that has so much protein in it for the little nugget that it is. And I mm-hmm. think what you're doing and the books that you're writing are really helping people. Um, Exercise. I know we got two minutes left. This is the conundrum. This is watch the commercial, look at somebody on a bike, maybe 25 years old, and you're sitting there thinking that ain't going to be me. But let's talk about where people can start, because I think moving the body is, wow, one of the most important things. What about you?
3: And movement is the word, right? Exercise can you know, like, oh, I'm never going to get super sweaty and I like, run a 10K. I don't, I don't need you to. I just need you to put a little dance in your dusting when you do your household chores. I just need you to <laughs> take one staircase instead of the elevator. Um, you know, there's a great study, 74,000 postmenopausal women uh, followed for 18 years. Those who just walked briskly for, wait for it, 11 minutes a day dropped breast cancer by 18%. So find a buddy, it's a little harder than COVID, but grab a cup of coffee and go for a little walk outside in the morning or evening. That's all we're asking for with exercise. Now, if you want to put some pets in the step, it is true that more vigorous exercise for, say, three to four hours a week will drop breast cancer by 30 to 40%. So the more, the better, but start slow, just, just move more. You can get a yeah. desk treadmill, you know, people are working from home. Get one of those, walk while you type.
2: I got to tell you something. Uh, I have a, quite a few friends, uh, lost a friend to breast cancer, not to actually lost three people to really be honest. But one of the things that I got hooked on is it's, it's a little stepper. And the quality of this stepper, you sit down, and you it's an elliptical where you sit down. Now, I have one. Um, And I will tell you this. You can sit if you can't move, and you get on this thing. And I'm telling you, it's almost borderline addicting because you start to mm-hmm. move, and you don't know it. But even something like that, for people that, I can't get a treadmill, even something like that, Isn't that what will also create a shift?
3: It absolutely will. You just get that blood pumping, and yeah, you're going to maintain those benefits.
2: Well, look, thank you for today. I know you got to run. Please give out the websites again for people, and just leave us with your personal message. I'd like to know what that is.
3: Okay, the website's let'sbeatbreastcancer.org to take your pledge and get all the freebies, and pinklotus.com. Go to BreastBuddies.com. And join us there. And my, my takeaway
2: is that you've got this. This is your life and you can own it. Thank you so much, Dr. Christy Funk. I'm Dr. Pat. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back.
0: Take us with you on that morning commute. Download your favorite podcast from the Transformation Radio Network. Just visit transformationradio.fm.
2: I'm really excited about this good news segment. And you know, we bring this good news segment to you because we bring people from all over the world, you know, that step in and that give us information. You know things are on your mind, but you just don't get to it. You don't get to the time, you don't get to think about it. And let me tell you something else. The psychological aspect of thinking about money and finances, well, today we're going to shatter that idea because this is a conversation about thriving. And today, joining me is Dustin 10. Tenbrook, CFP, founder and president of Presidio Capital Management, uh, joining me here today. And, uh, Dustin, uh, did, did I butcher your name? Or what did I do to your name? Your last uh, name? Dr.
4: Pat, I think you nailed it. Yes, yeah, it's Tenbrook. So good job.
2: Tenbrook. <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, CFP, uh, I want to talk about you for a minute if I could, uh, because we're going to talk sure. about money. Um, one of the things I love is I love to know why people step up and get so excited about what they're doing, especially the folks at Tatera, right? Um, And I talked about this idea of capital management. What is it you're finding right now out in the world that is just causing people to stare deeply into space almost with their mouths not quite wide open but a little bit open. What is it they don't even know about what they don't know when it comes to finances today?
4: Yeah, that's a great question, Dr. Pat. And I I think that, you know, oftentimes regardless of what uh, you know, what we're dealing with out there in the world, it could be very daunting and challenging dealing with finances. I mean, unfortunately, we don't get the necessary education that I think we all should kind of get in our upbringing going through our K-through-12 schooling and you know, hopefully getting some uh, understanding of personal finance. But right now, especially are very daunting times. I mean, we we understand the political unrest and there's literally riots in the streets. The West Coast is burning down, you know, the uh, financial markets and stock market crashes and, you know, social security is still running out of money. And so, you know, there's a lot of things to be concerned about, but there's plenty of silver linings out there for folks if they, you know, create a financial plan and, and work with an advisor to, hopefully take advantage of some opportunities right now.
2: You know what I love about what you just said, if you don't mind, Dustin, is that one of the hardest things to do is to take the financial journey alone. And, you know, sometimes a person like me, it takes a lot to realize that you're sitting in a state of fear and shock. And when you sit down and work with someone, especially around this, there's always a possibility. And isn't that what you're talking with us about today? We're talking about possibilities, potentiality and creating a secure future?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Pat, I find that, you know, I I would say over 90% of the folks that I meet with in that very first meeting, we expose them to new opportunities and ideas that they didn't know existed. And I think, uh, especially since we usually put off doing our own personal financial planning, I think a lot of people are apprehensive to kind of get the bad news, you know, so they don't want to engage. But uh, so to to kind of build up our defenses, we mentally kind of put ourselves, you know, in this box of what we think is possible. And, uh, and so working with another person, like you say, going at it alone can be very difficult. In fact, it's, it's just not possible, right? You want to build a financial plan, you're going to need to. Here's some other ideas. You're going to need to have somebody else kind of scrutinize what the actions you are taking. And so you have to do it with somebody else. And, and doing that financial plan with an advisor would seem to make a lot of sense. And, and typically, you're going, to get, you're going to have your eyes open to new possibilities that you didn't know were there.
2: Um, let's take a look under the hood, as my dad used to say. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: As a researcher, I know that I do more research than most, but the average person doesn't. And so can you help us with some of the key points for today to help people say, this is where you start. Just take a few key steps. Um, And then I want to make sure folks have the website that they can follow up uh, on their own.
4: Sure. I mean, so uh, maybe I'll lead with that because I think it is a great way to start is to educate yourself. And I, again, I already said, you know, we don't get this education growing up. And unfortunately, there's just some basics. You know, we have a saying about financial planning is it's just math. And there's only four variables, assets, liabilities, income, and expenses. So A-L-I-E, we say Ask alley. And so there's really, you know, just these four variables that we make some mathematical equations around to optimize our, our lifestyle. And so we, we offer retirement courses at retirement101.org, where folks can sign up and attend a uh, two-day retirement course. And we have them on demand as well so that they can view they can it at their own time. But I think educating yourself is a good first step, you know, but if they're not like you, Dr. Pat, and they don't want to do the research, if you're engaging with a financial advisor, I would say to start off by making a financial plan. And that doesn't require you opening accounts and investing all of your money or buying a life insurance policy. It's just about sitting down with a professional and making a plan about your assets, liabilities, income, and expenses, and what you want to do with your time here on this earth.
2: And, you know, part of this, too, is, and and I think a lot of the scary part for people is that, you know, they think there's no option. They think there's no solution. And it's very easy, I think, Dustin, to believe that right now. Um, But I have to say that I've been in tough spaces at a number of really critical points in time in my life. I mean, you know, be homeless for a little bit. You get a real sense of this. But there's a way up. Um? Can you talk about the relationship you build with people to help them either on the way up or let's say folks are up. Not everybody is on their way up. Let's say they're up and they're thinking, you know, I just need to I got to hit. I got to do something different here.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're up, you know, you're, you're worried about losing that, you know, and, and about going back down again. So I think the fears and anxiety just get, you know, uh, magnified with your success, unfortunately, or, the, or it can be. And so, you know, doing the financial plan and working with your advisor can kind of quell some of those fears. Um, again, it's just math and you can kind of plan that out. But yeah, the relationship, you know, we always talk to people, there's only two things that we have in this world that we can control and that's our time and our money and there's nothing else, you know, and, and Dr. Pat, you'll probably notice you talk about time and money the exact same way. Are you going to spend your time or spend your money or yeah. save your time or save your money or, you know, go to a charity and say, you want to donate, they are going to say, do you want to donate your time or do you want to donate your money? Cause you don't have anything else. Right. And so, right. you know, the, the kicker is the money's not real. You know, the money isn't real. It, it is a means to an end. You have to do something with the money to to make it have meaning. And that's why everyone's financial plan is so unique because it's really about what they want to do with their time. And while we're working, we're trading our time for money. And we would like, you know, at some point, we want to stop making that trade and be free to do with what we want with our time. And so it's so personal and so unique. So we have to build a very strong, unique relationship with every client to understand what drives them. What are their motivations? You know, is it providing a legacy for their family? Or is it being able to have a, a robust leisure travel? You know, what is life like in their 50s and 60s versus their 70s and 80s? And how is that important to them? You know, do they want to be in the Ritz-Carlton of nursing homes or would they rather travel a lot in their early retirement? So these are all personal decisions that everybody has to make, but again, it's just math. And so if we can kind of boil down what we want to do with our time and when, we can hopefully make much better financial decisions that would give us some peace of mind and assurance that we're making the right choice.
2: You know, part of this, too, is you said something interesting, and I want to get back to it because I know this is important to what you all do. Um... <clears throat> part of what happens is we forget how we are thriving at many, many ages today that we were not 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You know, we're looking at people. I have a friend who's uh, 83 years old, and he is ranked as a table tennis champion, and he will beat the pants off of most people. And so (laughs) we're looking at a day and age, and I know, seriously, I play ping pong. Um, and we're looking yeah, at a true. day and age where we don't want to sit on the couch, right? Um, COVID has changed the game for us, but that doesn't mean it's changed the game of how we plan our future. Um, can you talk about what you all are doing to address that right now?
4: Sure. So uh, a couple things that we're doing. I mean, one, I'm going to kind of come back to what I was saying about that trade of time and money, because I, I think a lot of people are really cavalier. With their decisions about when they want to retire, and you know, um, and working an extra two, three, four, five years when you don't have to—I mean, you'd want to know that doing that will mathematically only result in you dying with more money, and so. Uh, we've we've seen a lot of clients, unfortunately, who, you know, put in those extra years uh, in the workforce who have just recently retired here in COVID and cannot do all the things that they were planning on doing in retirement. So I would say one thing is don't take your time for granted. You know, don't take it for granted of what's possible. Um, but right now, you know, and that's a great story about your friend. I, I love it, you know, and, and we see that more and more having an active lifestyle late into our, you know, our, our years. So that, that's fantastic to, to have that. But yeah, here in COVID, I mean, there's some silver linings about what to do financially. I mean, I mean, certainly if you want me to go into that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'd like you to touch upon it. I know these are short interviews, but I mean, people are looking for, wow, maybe I didn't think about that. And so if you could just touch on a few things, I know your time is uh, very brief with us. I would love to hear your thoughts.
4: Yeah, sure. I mean, so I think one thing we've seen a lot of folks do, or homeowners, is take advantage of the low interest rates on mortgages. And so, you know, with, with interest rates as low as they are, a lot of people are refinancing their mortgages to a lower rate and reducing their monthly outflow. That's a very easy decision mathematically to make, financially to make. Uh, also, you know, we tend to recommend longer mortgage cycles. So the 30-year Schedule versus a 15-year schedule, and, and you're going to get a, a, a much greater cash flow uh, outcome doing it that way. So we've seen a lot of people taking advantage of that, which really doesn't take any function of their time or behavior. Um, on the expense side, you know, there are, we've seen uh, all kind of forced upon us a drop in our discretionary spending. You know, as we're not rushing out to the movies and theme parks and shows and, and dining out quite as much. Um, so we've seen a lot, a lot of people kind of increase their savings uh, and they're certainly spending less. And so hopefully they can do something with that. And you know where asset prices are today, you know, there's a lot of good options for people to make an investment plan. You know? And so taking advantage of lower asset prices and, and investing in their portfolios is also something to take advantage of right now. So I think you know, when you look at ALIE, assets, Liabilities Income Expenses, there's a lot of opportunities you know, in all four quadrants.
2: Yeah, I, look, but I want to thank you uh, for coming and bringing the conversation to us today uh, because, you know, you're right. I mean, clearly I've made some changes in the way that I operate and I got back to cooking again. And, you know, I find that these small things that we do not only can help us with our future, but help us in the moment we're in. And I think that's what you all are talking about. You know, we're living in a moment And the moment that we're living in could be the best moment of our lives. I want to thank you, Dustin, for joining us here today. One more time, how do people find out more about you? How do they find out about the tips? And how do they find out about working with someone so they don't have to figure this out alone?
4: Sure. And thanks for having me, Dr. Pat. So folks can go to retirement101.org to learn more about our organization and and sign up for a retirement course or financial planning course to to better educate themselves on what they're going to need to do to build a financial plan. Uh, And then also, you know, if you're looking for a certified financial planner, you know, you can check out uh, the CFP website um, and and find somebody local in your area to, uh, to work with.
2: Yeah. And, you know, thank you for doing all of that. I want to say to folks listening, it's okay if you don't even know the question to ask them. It really is okay. Thank you. Doctor. That's right. We're,
4: we're professionals. We've done this a lot, exactly. so we can help.
2: I, I'm sure you've gotten on the other end of a phone where there was dead silence. I'm sure you have. Personal message. <laughs> what would you like to leave us with today?
4: I'm sorry. One more time, Dr. Pat.
2: What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today?
4: Sure. I I mean, my personal message is live your best life. You know, the money's not real, but you have to make decisions about it. So, you know, work with an advisor to make better decisions about your money. You know, you can make good decisions with your time and and that's what it's all about.
2: I love it. Thank you, Dustin. For all of you out there, uh, a phone call away to relieve some stress. Even if you're not ready to take super action, this is where you get to take a look, give yourself some relief and step into thriving. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back.
0: Listen while you work. Streaming live on any device. Tune in to the Transformation Radio Network. Visit TransformationRadio.fm.
5: Your inspiration all day on TransformationRadio.com.
1: everybody, welcome to our Good News segment. And look, if you're like me, you're starting to see ads pop up all over the place because it's that time of year. Uh, Medicare open enrollment, October 15th, it starts kicking itself up, and what happens? Well, we have more questions than we have answers. Things change, we're not quite sure what has changed, but there are people that know. Today, joining me, Shannon Adams, Medicare Advantage expert, head of a customer experience at Cigna, is here to talk with us about where are we now with this open enrollment in 2020. Shannon, it's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, people are aware of this time of year, but many people are not aware of how important it is And some of the decisions that they have. Talk about what I refer to as this type of year, this annual enrollment period, and what is on the table for people. Because between you and me, folks don't believe they have options. They think, well, once I pick something, that's it. But that is really not the case, is it?
0: Yes, you're absolutely correct. Every year, folks have options. And so now starts the annual enrollment period, which is a time for folks who are 65 and older to make a choice about their Medicare Advantage plan. This time runs from October 15th through December 7th. It's a short window and a difficult decisions to make. So you want to make sure that you're researching now and make the best decision for you.
1: And so can you talk about how Medicare Advantage, let's just talk about that, how it's different. And because when people hear the word Medicare, they put everything into like one bucket. But there are real distinctions that people need to know about, especially as we move into 2021. So can you talk about the differences between Medicare Advantage and the original Medicare coverage?
0: Sure, sure. So Medicare Advantage is a a very popular plan. More than a third of American seniors are enrolled in Medicare Advantage plans, and they're so popular because they provide extra benefits on top of what traditional Medicare uh, offers. Uh, So things like dental, vision, hearing, transportation, these are benefits that Medicare Advantage offers that. Traditional
1: Medicare does not. And you know, um, you're doing a lot of these interviews and you're talking to people and you're out there. Uh, Can I ask you, from your expertise, what are you seeing that has changed? Because we know that there are game changers right now, but you're right out there and you are the expert on this. And let's talk from your perspective, if you had to list your top five things that come to mind to tell people about, especially about this time we live in, what would they be?
0: Sure, so every plan is different. It's important to read through your annual notice of change to see what changes your particular plan has. Um, But at a broad level, what we are seeing is telehealth has become a great option for seniors, especially during this pandemic when folks need to stay home. It's a great option that's covered in most Medicare Advantage plans, where you can either uh, call your provider or if you have a smart device, you can do it um, over video and get the health care that you need in the comfort of your own home. It's a great option and one of the things that we're seeing uh, for 2021
1: yeah it is so important this morning you know um, I was looking at the latest information because of the nature of what I do for a living and I'm looking at what's going on across the country and places that are spiking and so this is I think the number one concern for seniors it is this idea that I need care even if it's regular care You know even if it's like well i got to go in to get my monthly treatment or my bi quarterly treatment you know folks are opting not to go in for that consult and i think what you're pointing to is almost in a breakthrough in the way coverage is provided and i don't think people know that that's what you're talking about and that's what is now covered i mean that is a phenomenon mm-hmm. that people have wanted forever, right, don't you think?
0: Yes, it's so convenient, um, you know, to to be able to check in at your own time um, in your own home. It's also a great way to keep up to date with your preventive health treatments that you need. Um, so you can even do your annual wellness exam over telehealth. Because um, we know that a lot of people are delaying different uh, uh office visits and treatments but that's not one that you want to delay and it's a great way to do it over telehealth to make sure that you're staying on top um, of all those preventive needs
1: Um, let's talk a little bit about one of the most daunting aspects of this and that is the daunting aspect of getting to know your network Um, what are you discovering is a proactive way for people to look ahead and say wow um, this is my facility, I want to be able to go there. And by the way, how do I know how much of prevention is covered?
0: Yeah, yeah. So as you are looking for a plan, it's so important to make sure that your doctor and facilities, your hospitals are in network. That's a very important piece for Medicare Advantage. Uh, you also want to make sure that your regular medications are covered uh, and that you're getting a great price on that. Um, in terms of preventive screenings, this is another a great perk of Medicare Advantage because they offer many screenings that traditional Medicare doesn't cover. And, in fact, many plans will actually actually give you an incentive for that. They'll give you a gift card if you have your annual wellness exam um, or if you qualify for needing a mammogram and get that. Um, they can give you these extra perks for doing the right
1: thing. And one of the things too is every year don't they send people out like a notice of changes because a lot of times we get the package or we get the information and we do not pay attention but don't they summarize like this has changed and this has changed so forth
0: yes so every plan will send out an annual notice of change and this most likely is already in your home it's probably already been mailed to you uh, it, it could be overwhelming to look at, but you want to make sure that you're looking at at least that kind of front page, that summary of the things that are changing next year. Oftentimes, we see that Medicare Advantage plans enhance. They add things uh, to it every year, which is a great way to make sure that you're getting the best care that you need. So in 2021, if you need eyeglasses, look up a plan that's got great vision benefits what plan you're currently in and see if that's the right plan for you
1: yeah another big one is dental you know personally i wish we would gone a little bit further with dental coverage but you know i guess it's progress not perfection
0: yes yeah so some plans do have dental allowance which is a little bit different, um, and it can give you, you know, let's say $2,500 that you can choose where you want to go um, and get the coverage that you need. Other plans have a network for their uh, dentist that they want you to go to and have specific costs for those. Um, but this is a perk that traditional Medicare does not cover, and we all know how important oral health is to our overall well-being. So it's a great benefit to make sure that you're, you have and that you're
2: utilizing.
1: Yeah, actually, you're so right about that. The science about oral health now that's coming out is really groundbreaking. Um, look, I know you've got to run off for another interview. Uh, I want to thank you. Would you please give out the website? And then I'd also like to know your personal message for everybody today.
2: Sure.
0: So don't delay. You only have until December 7th. Uh, As you're looking through plans, it can be a little confusing, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Make sure that you feel comfortable with the plan that you have and that it best fits your needs. For more information about which Cigna plans are available in your area, you can go to signamedicare.com.
1: Say that one more time. I want to make sure folks hear it.
0: Sure. So if you need to look for plans that are available in your area, you can look at CignaMedicare.com. It's a great resource to find all of your options that are available to you.
1: You know what, thank you so much for doing this. And you know, folks out there, look, it just takes taking a quick look, reviewing something, because I will tell you things have changed. Let's take a short break. Everybody we will be right back.
0: Imagine a world where good news, positive information and stories were the mainstream. Tell us your positive story. Hashtag positivity rules. You are listening to the Transformation Radio Network.
1: Listen, everybody. Dr. Cheryl martin Shields is joining us here today. Now, those of you that have been listening to show for a bunch of years, you know that I have done series on stroke. I've interviewed people like Jill Bolton-Taylor. We've talked about it. It's very close to me and my family. And yet, one of the things we are not talking about enough is what we can do. And there is something very specific, you know, that Dr. Cheryl is gonna talk with us about. First of all, this is about stroke awareness. It has never been more important to get this message than now, and you're gonna find out why. Because joining me today is somebody that is just not an expert about this, but is deeply immersed in the personal outcome of what happens when we do a thing or we don't do a thing. But in the end, this is groundbreaking. Hey, doctor, great to have you here today.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: You know, uh, look, it is personal. Um, In my family, there are things that I've learned about this, but I think we have to fast forward to where we are with stroke awareness because people don't know what they don't know. And to be honest with you, a simple phone call or a simple action, does that make a difference? And if so, how?
5: Absolutely. Calling 911 at the very first sign of stroke can have a lasting impact. Stroke is the number one reason for new disability in an adult and the number five killer. Mm -hmm. And about 800,000 people and living in the United States have a stroke every single year. So it's a major health care problem.
1: Uh, misconception, and I want to get right to it. I used to think that this is for people that are in their 80s until a friend of mine had a stroke. And when I looked my friend in the eye, and I saw like, no, this is not possible. You're too young. I didn't, none of us believe the doctors. But can you give us a little background on what you've learned and what the research shows? Because people do think that I don't even have to think about this, because you know what, it's like for those people in their 80s
5: you hit a major myth and that is that it only happens to the elderly that's simply not the case I mean age is a risk factor for developing a stroke but a stroke can happen to anyone of any age at any time there are a lot of different risk factors that we can't do anything about like you mentioned age and family history or ethnic background But there are many things that we do have control over that can greatly reduce the risk of someone having a stroke. And honestly, most people have at least one risk factor for having a stroke. And many of those people don't even have awareness that Mm -hmm. they have a risk factor. I can't tell you how many patients come in with a stroke who had no medical history and, frankly, didn't really see doctors And when they leave us they leave with three or four diagnoses and they're just in shock that they have high blood pressure diabetes high cholesterol and and perhaps injury to their heart because of long-standing high blood pressure
1: you know you and i have a passion we could we could be like twins or two peas in a pod you know when it comes to our (laughs) studies in neuroscience um, I am the least likely person, you know, given where I grew up to even have to even say the word neuroscience. But one of the things I want to ask you about is, and I've looked at your history, your journey, your passion and your purpose and what you've done it to late. I mean, I've, I've literally seen this. And here's my question for you. Of course, people go to can go to strokeawareness.com But I wonder for you, what's underneath your passion? What is it that took you on this journey personally to spend like what over a decade with a purposeful direction to bring this conversation to the forefront? What touched your heart?
5: Well my mentor when I was in college uh, invited me into his research team and then ultimately I got to meet his wife who in her 30s had a catastrophic stroke and survived. And and that was at a time when there really wasn't too much to be offered um, outside of rehab to make a difference. And when I learned that, you know, there were things that could be done and that we needed stroke warriors out there trying to prevent and educate and evaluate patients who have stroke, um, it just, there was no greater mission Mm -hmm. for me than to, to give back Um, by being that stroke warrior for as many people as I have the opportunity to touch.
1: You know, isn't it interesting that those of us get touched in the heart by something like this, all of a sudden we're changed. All right, let's get down to some information. I learned that I didn't know what I didn't know about this. And I also learned that there are things that I could learn about and know to save somebody's life in future. Can you please go through what we now know are life-changing actions that we could either take in the moment or that we don't know about when it comes to stroke.
5: Probably the most important thing I can share with your audience is how to recognize a stroke and then how to respond. Recognition requires awareness of a simple acronym called BE FAST, and it's a way to remember the most common symptoms of stroke any of the following could represent a stroke and should be a reason to dial 911 immediately. So the B of BFAST stands for balance. So any sudden loss of balance or experience of dizziness. The E stands for eyes, or so any change in vision that occurs suddenly. The F stands for face, so any sudden problems with movement of the face or feeling of the in the face mm. on one side. The A stands for arm or appendage, so any sudden weakness or numbness affecting one side of the body. The S stands for speech, so any sudden slurred speech or any difficulty communicating is a sign of stroke. And then T is supposed to highlight that calling 911 right away mm-hmm. can make a major impact for that person. So any of those fast symptoms should make you think, I better be fast and dial 911.
1: You know, one of the things I want to also touch upon with this is um, a lot of times the information goes to the person that is directly related. But what I've discovered is you need to talk to your family. Families need to get together to say, look, if this is what you see, you just dial 911. But we have this odd thing that happens, doctor. It's like, I don't want to bother the nine one one people, and boy, we gotta bust through that myth.
5: Absolutely, there's so many times when you know somebody comes in and they come in outside of of uh, the the time frame where we can make a bigger difference, and you know we ask, well, what did you think was causing your symptoms? And some people don't know, um, but others actually say, well, I thought I was having a stroke, and when you say, well well, why didn't you call 911? They just didn't prioritize themselves yeah. over whatever other things they had going on in their life. Oh, it, it wasn't that bad. I was still able to get around and, and that deprioritization uh, can have a, lost, a lasting impact on independence.
1: Um, I want to ask you this because this is one of the key things I learned um, and thank goodness I learned it in time. Prevention, prevention, prevention. A lot of people believe that there is no prevention for stroke and I'd like you to give us an update.
5: Almost all strokes can be prevented and the most important part of that is blood pressure. I mean half of all strokes Mm. are attributable to uncontrolled high blood pressure and we know that that's a silent killer. People can have high blood pressure for decades and not have awareness that they have high blood pressure until it starts injuring one of their organs and when it comes to the brain High blood pressure you know, injures the heart, and it injures the arteries, and it leads to the changes in the blood vessels that ultimately cause brain cells to die because of lack of blood flow.
1: Mm. Um, I want to ask you this question. Uh, I am going into the hospital myself to get a long overdue surgery, and many people are very reluctant given the scenario we have now but my own research on, is it safe to go into the hospital? I found some absolutely impressive things. Can you give us an update on what hospitals are doing um, and how they are preparing for emergencies like this, given the uh, incident of COVID-19?
5: I'm so glad you brought that up because nationwide studies are showing that during this pandemic, the number of people coming in with conditions that should have caused them to dial 911 has drastically gone down. Yeah. So less people are coming in with their strokes and they're taking a chance on compromising their long term outcome. In the beginning we had so much media hype about hospitals not having what they needed to protect themselves and to protect patients, but that's simply not the case any longer. Hospitals, you know, put together protocols so that they're able to implement universal precautions that protect hospital staff and patients and have adequate supplies of protective equipment, as well as strategies for identifying patients who um, are likely to Mm -hmm. have the, the virus from those that are exceedingly unlikely to have the virus and be able to manage patients in a very safe environment. So I'm really glad you brought that up because too many people are going to have long-term consequences from failure to present in a timely fashion.
1: And that leads me to my next question, and it's kind of like if you were in front of somebody that said to you right now, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. What is the most important thing I should do? You know, give give me give me the order. Help me, doctor." And believe me, people want to know this. What would you say to them?
5: Yep. Uh, I would say that, you know, Calling 911 immediately, yeah. whether the person is is happy about it or not, <laughs> is the most important thing that can be done. Genentech sponsored a, a nationwide survey of U.S. adults to assess the level of stroke awareness, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, what was learned is only 40% of respondents who had witnessed a stroke at some point thought to call 911 as their first reaction, Wow, and that's a shame because Calling 911 is the first step in the Mm -hmm. stroke chain of survival um, that, you know, can, can make a big difference over whether somebody lives independently and gets back to their life or lives the rest of their life with impairments that could have been avoided.
1: Well, you know, thank you for today. I know you're going to be taking off. Um, Last question, please give out the website again. And I'd love to know your personal message. And thank you for bringing this conversation to the forefront because we're coming into the holidays. And I don't know about you, but, you know, generally around the holidays, that blood pressure just seems to pop right up there.
5: (laughs) Yeah, stress tends to to do that. And stress tends to make people... Uh, less likely to do the things that are are going to positively help their their health, like exercising and, mm. and weight loss. Get more information about stroke. I recommend going to www.strokeawareness.com. And if there's one thing left la- left to leave leave you with, I'd like to say you know people should live their lives prepared and not scared. But being prepared means that you know your risk factors, you do what you can to control them, and you know how to recognize and respond to stroke by calling 911 immediately for any of those BFAST symptoms that suggest that part of your brain is actively dying.
1: Mm. You know, Doctor, thank you so much for all that you do.
5: Thank you for the opportunity to speak with your audience.
1: Uh, Folks, this is so important. We did a whole show on this, even to the point where we said if you do dial 911, do not hang up. Let the phone stay on. Even if you cannot talk, they can find you. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back.